And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Welcome back. It is officially MLS offseason. Officially kicks off. Welcome back to another edition of the Toronto Till I Die podcast, the Toronto FC fan show, and it's Michael Singh. I am back from a little bit of a hiatus, but I missed mm-hmm. you guys. No Mike Mule on today's episode, but we do got my main man here, Jeffrey P. Nesker, as usual. It's always, 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 I would say, one of my my favorite episodes in Toronto Till I Die. When we ever when we get the opportunity to be graced by the presence of the one and only Rachel Dory. Really looking forward to your insight. Rach, how you doing today? I'm doing well. I sound a bit like Batman. So <laughs> there's a little bit of that. But I mean, I'm fired up. It's the off season. There is all manner of work to be done in TFC land. So I feel like it's honestly probably like the perfect episode to like be on because there's just like so much stuff to talk about. <laughs> I feel like this is like the moment Toronto C fans have been waiting for for months now because we all knew the season was virtually over come August, come September. Definitely it was over Even by that in point. May. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, you know, so we didn't I, know when um, we did the over-unders. That's, that's when we didn't know. But anytime <laughs> after that, is we knew. We knew. <laughs> I still can't believe how bad those were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, is, this has been the moment I think a lot of TSC fans have been waiting for. So there's a lot of work for Toronto FC to do. This offseason, we laid it out. We'll get into that uh, shortly. We'll also recap this weekend's MLS Cup final. Um, we'll provide the latest and possibly final Sebastian Javinko update. And then we'll also get to the burning question presented by Nextdoor with a special holiday treat for our listeners. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that one. Um, let's start, that. though. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do know about the treat, right? Okay, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I missed that meeting. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay, let's start with, with MLS Cup final because that was obviously what happened most recently. Tim Bezpachenko, let's not bury the lead. The man does it again. The former Toronto FC man does it again. His second MLS Cup title since leaving Toronto FC. And this one was, I mean, you could make the argument it could have been even more impressive than his last MLS Cup final. You got to remember, Columbus sold Lucas Delarayan mid-season, mm-hmm. replacing him eventually with Diego Rossi. But to lose a player of that stature, your number 10, your most important player at that point, hands down, mid-season, and still be able to absorb that blow and push forward and go on to get hot at the right time and really take it to an LAFC team who, quite frankly, were they look like the inferior side throughout that contest. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I got a good full credit to Columbus, to Tim Bezpachenko, and the roster that he inher- and, or I guess created but more importantly, I, I got to give some credit to, to Tim Bezpachenko for the decision that he made to bring on Wolfram Nancy as head coach. Damn. I mean, talk about something that's paid dividends, right, Jeff? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, your first question, this, this has to be more meaningful than the 2020 MLS Cup. Obviously, a star on the crest is important, but that was the wacky COVID season. You know, we we were playing in Connecticut for some of it and almost won the Shield. So, yeah, uh, just by nature of this being a, a more proper season, yet you have to think this one is more meaningful. Um, tears. I mean, what could have been, right? I, I I don't like this easy narrative that's sort of circulating around TFC land that, like, you know, the only thing standing in. Bez's way for remaining was was uh was Bill Manning. I I do think there was a pull for him to go to his hometown, you know, that that can't be undervalued. So I that that's kind of bothering me a little bit. Would I love to have him back? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, can can we attract him with 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 big money and and fabulous prizes again? Absolutely, but yeah, yeah. I I that reductionist history kind of pissed me yeah, off. Yeah, and I I think it's also worth noting that it's not just Tim Bezvichenko, right? You have a lot of other staff that 
Tim Bezbachenko, Drew to Columbus, some important staff for that team at this point in time. Um, that has really established that foundation, that culture there. A lot of the culture, honestly, that we we used to have. Now, would it be the same mm-hmm. if Tim Bezbachenko simply stayed with TFC and, you know, Corey Ray simply stayed with TFC and some of the other people as well? It's hard to say, right? It's yeah, not it's hard to speculate. It, it doesn't work quite like that. But Rachel, you obviously have, I'm sure, some tremendous insight about Tim Bezbachenko. Just your thoughts on him capturing uh, his second MLS Cup there with Columbus. Yeah, obviously super happy for him like to win to win generally speaking is incredible to win in your hometown and to do it in the manner that he did. Like you talked about it off the top, like losing your best player, well like actively selling your best player and kind of like the turmoil that that launches your team into and then to be able to go on and win like TFC could never could never <laughs> dream of that. Um but I look at it and it's like that guy clearly knows what he's doing. And there was that that power struggle between Bill and Bez. And ultimately, that co- it cost TFC Bez. It cost them Greg Benny. It cost them so many people that were in the organization at the, the key moments. And I think less about the moves, more about the culture, the culture that Bez brought uh was super important like he was the guy that was always there he's always present always making sure like everyone's on the same page everyone's moving in the same direction everyone has a piece to play like he made everyone feel important and mm. i feel like a lot of that is now no longer there now it's like i'm important mm. it's about me and like it's 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 just not the best and do i think that tfc would have been able to retain him with the pull of Columbus, no. Against any other club, yeah. yes, absolutely. Now, I'm sure if you went to Bez and said, here's a $5 million salary, he might think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, bringing Wilfred Nancy in, like, that took that took stones. And obviously selling Lucas Zellerayan, that also took stones. But it's that's the kind of stuff that you, you have to be bold. And yep. he's been bold and it's well-researched boldness and it's paid off on multiple occasions. And I think you kind of have to look at this and go, this is the perfect example of somebody who has a really good feel for what's going on, but also uses the tools at his disposal to make informed decisions. I can't agree more. I mean, we often talk about how different the league is now than it was in 2017, sometimes to insulate ourselves from from tears. But like, here's a guy, <laughs> honestly... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, here's a guy that's like did it then and is doing it now. So he's obviously not just figured it out, but is evolving as the league evolves. You know what I mean? Like, do you think Tim? And this is a this is a crazy question, but do you think he's prouder of MLS Cup 2017 with TFC? You know, young buck getting it done, or now, you know, sort of veteran with less budget getting it done in a much more competitive league? I think maybe I just answered my own question. I think it's got to be this year. One, your hometown. Two, uh, yeah, more competitive league. Like, I mean, let's face it. Like, yeah, doing the TFC one, like, that was impressive because, like, that was kind of, that brought the club out of basically oblivion. Um, Exactly. Exactly. But now you're, like, you're in a league that's seen, I mean, if I tilt my screen upwards, you'll see jerseys from MLS that don the names of, like, Ibrahimovic, Messi, Schweinsteiger, like there are, there's more, like it's a more difficult league to play in. And I think one of the more underrated moves that he made, and Michael, you could probably talk about this, is Darlington Nagbe, like bringing that guy on. My God, my God. Like, what a a a stroke of genius, is it not? That just kind of shows that he really knows what you need to win in this league. Yeah, definitely. Darlington Nagbe just straight up wins. And he's, you know, despite him getting up there in age he's still very important a very important piece of that team but you know it kind of goes to like a bigger point overall of what columbus has managed to do with its uh somewhat limited budget right Mm -hmm. when you look at their they weren't even gonna be there like four years ago i mean they were on on the move yeah no yeah And, and then you couple that with like just their spend this year they're middle of the pack right they're not blowing a bunch of money. Sure, they've spent money on Cucho Hernandez. They've spent money on Diego Rossi. But those are like mid-level MLS free agents. Maybe the exception of Cucho is maybe slightly higher. 
But mm. that's some savvy business when it comes to identifying DPs at the right age, the right type of profiles, and DPs that could overall just succeed in Major League Soccer at, at a good value where you look at, again, we always relate this back to TFC. If you look at TFC and who they've spent their money on, much mm. more money on, a much bigger budget on, and look what they've been able to accomplish. So that's another lesson I think TFC can take from this Columbus winning team. And it's like, man, if if they can do it with that budget, well, imagine what Toronto FC should be able to do with the budget that they have. But I'm going to press you further, Mike. Yeah, on. I'm going to press you further because do you think, how much of this do you put on Wilfred Nancy? I mean, I've you've probably written them. I've read so many articles over the last couple of days where to a man, they're saying, you know, what? I think my favorite was Sam Piet said when they got rid of Nancy and they got rid of Lasada that we want someone like Nancy in because it was fun to play for that guy. Like, so you get this impression, you know, this guy uh, really is a really good man manager. I mean, he's tactically astute, but he's also a really relatable guy that people want to run through walls for. Is that the secret sauce? I mean there's parallels to Vanny when we, when we summited the mountaintop, like, is that really it? Like, is it as simple as a coach with that kind of a personality to sort of bring all these misfit toys together under the flag and banner of their, of their side and storm the mountaintops? I mean, I don't yeah, know. No, well, I think that's a great point. And Caleb Porter, uh, for all that he's accomplished in this league, I got to give a lot of credit to, again, Bezbachenko for identifying Nancy as Columbus's next coach. I mean, they moved on this really early. You know, he was still under contract with Montreal at the time. And then yeah, they got wind of that started. argument and they swooped in there like crazy. <laughs> they were, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was employed, yeah. unemployed for 35 seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah, even, even while he was employed, yep. they, were, they were kicking yeah. tires at Wilfred Nancy, right? Um, so for them to identify him as, as a, an excellent coach and something I've talked about really a lot, uh, was just how much that 2022 Montreal team was overperforming at the time based They're on unbelievable. the roster that yeah. they had, Yeah, right? They're so good for, again, the, just the quality of players that they had on their roster. So yeah, credit to Columbus for identifying Nancy. Is it just well for Nancy? Probably not. Is he playing such an important role for that team? Yeah. Because you look at what Cucho Hernandez has did for that team in 2022 mm-hmm. when he first came over from Watford, I believe it was. And it was he was not he was not the type of player that he looks like right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean some credit has to be given for that. And to be able again to absorb that blow of Zellaran, to really put some more trust and still more some more trust in a guy, a kid like Aiden Morris, he's getting the best out of his players and his best out of his group. And they're a cohesive unit. And yeah, I think that right now that's something TFC can only aspire yeah to. yeah and and you have to you have to then tie that to you know bez works really well with youngish tactically astute really ambitious coaches uh and they seem to be a match made in heaven because they kind of mirror each other and that yeah. leads to really exciting football i mean columbus play a very exciting uh very entertaining brand of you know attacking football where players are allowed to express themselves it's vis- it's it's visually appealing, you know. You can't go wrong. I feel like in their winning TFC that might not work because the players that TFC currently have maybe express themselves too much on occasion <laughs> or too often. Actually, if we're being honest, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. they need to yeah. dial that all the way down. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, in, I, let me. Yeah, I was Sorry. I was just going to quickly say you mentioned like Greg Vaney there. I saw a stat floating around Twitter where Greg Vaney's record with the uh, Tim Bezbachenko roster versus Greg Bavani's record without a Tim Bezbachenko roster. And Yikes. it's ugly. Yeah, and it it, it's ugly. Um, so yeah, are you it, upset that that combination of both, you know, mismanagement and I'm talking Joey Saputo here, you know, basically robs us of Wilfred Nancy, you know, cause he had such ties to Quebec soccer, you know, such ties to the, to the CF Montreal infrastructure you know, and one dust up with that, with, with Mr. Cheeseman and, and he's basically uh, south of the border forever. It doesn't bother you. Well, you know? there's no us. There's there's no us with CF Montreal. 
I'm and well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just no saying us in he's an important. There's no us in Montreal. There's no us. <laughs> well, there is when you when you widen the mosaic to include Canada, and that was what I was doing. You don't you don't feel it's a loss for Canada that that somebody dropped the ball, and you know now we won't get to enjoy. No, Montreal can finish last for yep. the rest yeah. of eternity. I mean, you're right. I think his pathway Europe. is always going to be Europe, right? This this guy this guy may be the next uh, major North American export to Europe. Uh, on the coaching side, I'll, I mean, he's definitely on track in that direction. Well, he's I mean, just so track. idiosyncratic, and that's what European teams love. You know, they love coaches that are easily understood. Like that's why Jesse Marsh got such legway, like a cult of personality. You know, Herdman's very much of that oak, like somebody who it's what's written on the box. You know, what you're going to get with Wilfred Nancy and, and his kind of teams. And I think the a only, few more years. Hmm. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about Wilfred Nancy is like. I actually think that Canada soccer has missed an opportunity with him. Um, Not yet. I don't, his, his trajectory, I think it's a lateral move at best to go to Canada soccer right now to coach. No, but I'm saying like, I think Canada's like, Mm. instead of going to Columbus, like that was the moment where Canada soccer could have swooped in. That's a very fair point. And, and now like, he's absolutely going to get a shot in Europe and he absolutely should. And I mean, uh, like Canada soccer is just such a mess that somebody like Wilfred Nancy could have been really, really good for them. And now it's like, it's a hope and a prayer that Carlo Ancelotti just like bumps. Did you see? He's wearing, he was wearing a Canada tracky top, dude. I'm, uh, I'm convinced. Go. Like, I'm, yeah, it's like, no, no. it's like the Otani plane to Toronto. All over. But you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like they, mm. the, you talk about missed opportunity, like you're Montreal, right. as far you're as right. I'm concerned, can pound salt. But in terms yeah. of coaching no, but the you're right. team, <laughs> you're I, right. when, I think when these guys are coming through the ranks, whether they're playing in in you know the 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 Pan U.S. Canada League or not, they're still Canadian talent. We're not recognizing Canadian talent. I, right. I think that that's that's entirely entirely a fair that's thing. that's totally fair. I'm all right. Yeah. Speaking of the Otani deal, I'm okay, sick. someone. I'm yeah, Rachel here. Talk. I I need someone to explain this to me. I know I'm going right off right now, but like. He's deferring $68 million a year for 10 years. Um, isn't that tax fraud? Is that not so, tax evasion? I mean, to say so, nothing, like, mm-hmm, please explain it to me because I have questions. Yeah, sense. it's one of these explain it to me like I'm five situations. So mm, there is mm. a rule in the MLB CBA. Um, that mm-hmm. something tells me that this contract is going to cause a lockout in 2026. Yeah, this is the competitive why. balance tax, right? Because they're only getting a, a cap of yes. like $2 so Shohei Otani is being yeah. paid $2 million per season for 10 seasons. And he, the Dodgers are, because they aren't actually paying him the actual money, um, one, he's only going to get taxed on $2 million, And then when he goes back to Japan... Yikes. They're going to pay the rest of that. And so California is also missing out on all of that tax money. Um, And when you, it allows the Dodgers to be competitive in the window that they have him. So basically there's no violation of the rule. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is dancing around it. Also, he knows inflation exists, right? Like it's going to be worth much less 10 years from now. I think $460 million 10 years from now is going to be just fine. I think he'll manage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this deal is so cutthroat. No, you know, it's like so he's doing it so mm-hmm. he's essentially doing it so the team can also sign out with better pieces. Exactly. Exactly. Right? It's it's the Michael Bradley. It's the Michael Bradley, but in a way Except bigger. Michael scale. Bradley never made a, a, the GDP of most countries. Like this exactly. Is, I, and yeah, also I'm, if I'm the rest did of baseball dick all with that money. Yeah. True enough. Yeah. If I'm the rest of baseball, I'm so super pissed. I can't even, I can't even, I'm so super pissed. And do you think that the, the reason that the Jays never got it over the line is Canadian tax laws or actual tax laws, as opposed to the Mickey Mouse stuff in California that he's, uh, he's pulling these shenanigans on? No, no. I, I think that CAA used the blue Jays and they used their client, Robert Herjavec and they, Mm. I mean, I, yeah, everything that everyone mm. I've spoken to within baseball, outside of baseball, like kind of in and around the situation. That is a spicy that meatball. Everything 
was kind of like CA this was a ploy by CAA and Morosi got absolutely screwed on it. And I think that that's probably the worst part of all of this. Um, mm-hmm. You can be disappointed that Otani is not in Toronto. I got to be honest though, if that contract came out and it was with a Blue Jay signature on it, I'd be like, hey, that's, that's not good. Like that's ugly. Yeah. That's um, ugly. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. It's bad. Like it's, it's brutal. Um, like he's yeah, like I don't care I don't care he's, he's still gonna hit yeah, he's still like, gonna hit all those dingers like yeah, I don't care no it's not even to, about him on the field I everything think seems the to point been... at the fact that this was a ploy by CAA and hmm. sure I mean you could say it's good agenting but um that's bad business practices man yeah like, that's it's bad it's really very it's, bad it's, business practices yeah, it's predatory it's really really predatory oh, yeah. And you're yeah, costing somebody salty. potentially their career. So, yeah, yeah, it's not a good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. salty uh, Toronto fan for sure here. Um, but let's shift things over, TFC. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. a soccer podcast, but, you know, I, I needed to know, guys. I, I've been looking no, at No, no, no. Honestly, angle. that's what is topic this? I think everyone yeah. has cared about for the last week and a half. To be honest, really, really fun to, to follow. Um, it's been mm. a really entertaining week. Just really bitter. Oh, it's awesome. Really bitter ending. It's just perfect Toronto fashion. Why does it always happen? To Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so other thing I just want to quickly actually just touch on before we get to TFC, uh, we can sum mm. up very quickly. A minute each, Christine Sinclair playing her last Thank final you. game for the yeah Canadian Women's National Team. Uh, just any words on you know the feeling of watching her play her final game in a Canada shirt? It almost feels surreal for me. Mm. I almost I almost don't believe it. I'm like, gosh, yeah. she's she's gonna come back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, thank goodness that she still got a year in Portland. So it wasn't like a crushing finality. Like this is the last time we'll see her on a, on a, on a ball kicking it in anger, but or on a, on a pitch kicking a ball in anger. Um, I thought they did a really right. You know, she was obviously very uncomfortable under the spotlight. They minimized it for her benefit, but you have to celebrate this. And I think she realized that and kind of leaned into it. Um, yeah, you know, I think the only complaint is I I wish to I wish to every god you believe in that she could have gotten one more one more goal that game, you know. And I understand the significance of subbing her off at the twelfth minute of the second half, and that had been pre-planned for the exchange with Sophie Schmidt. So they both get their flowers, but would have loved to have seen her score a goal. Uh, that's my that's my only regret there. Rach, what about you? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the greatest goal scorer in international soccer. I mean, she's got more goals than Messi, Ronaldo. Like, mm-hmm. yep. it's what she's done for soccer in this country. Um, like, it can't even be overstated. Like, there are there are players that look up to her that are little boys. And so often it's little girls looking up to boys because the boys are playing professionally. But the reality is, is up until... Yep. A couple of years ago, the only note really notable star we had was a Canadian woman. And yes, mm-hmm. we have Alfonso Davies and Tejon Buchanan and a bunch now. But to be honest, Canada soccer doesn't exist to the extent that it does without Christine Sinclair. And so I think a lot of them owe her an enormous grat- a debt of gratitude yep. for what she's done for this country. And um, as far as I'm concerned, like, there had better be multiple soccer pitches across the nation named after her. If we're talking about awarding soccer scholarships, they better have her name on it. Like mm-hmm. she is everything on and off the pitch you could ever hope for in a Canadian athlete. One, 100%. I think that sums it up very nicely. <laughs> like even me, when I was growing up playing soccer, the one Canadian you could always turn on the TV and, and be like in awe of absolute awe. Mm-hmm was Christine Sinclair. Always look forward to her matches. Uh, she, like Rach said, she really was the trailblazer for Canadian soccer and set the tone in so many different ways and established the foundation. She is literally the person who built Canada soccer to the point where it is today. So, like I said, yeah. it's almost surreal because she's just been such an ever-omnipresent Can TFC hire her yeah. to maybe Lies. teach some people how to score? Because I feel like, you know, she's yeah. sort of a, an expert in that An subject. expert at it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's like, enormous pressure now. We all feel it because we have to honor that legacy. You know, we we had 
we had time to like fester, but now she's gone and it's time to get serious about the legacy that she's created. And it, you know, it, it sort of puts into sharper focus, the mess that the Federation's in. Right. And so there's no perfect time to leave, but there's this bittersweet feeling because, you know, you always just like, it would have been so nice for her to walk off, you know, selling a goal and she didn't It'd be so nice if she walked off in this Federation felt like it was in, a better place, but it doesn't. And, you know, th- so there's that. And it's not her fault either. <laughs> and it's not, and it's not her fault either. And I have enormous faith that as she enters the private sector, she's going to be an enormous contributor to, you know, the project aid and all the other endeavors that are going on. So I, I'm not worried about that. And in some ways, I think that the kind of iffiness of the exit, the, like the, the, the less than positive parts will be fueled towards you know, improving that situation as she moves forward in, in where her post-soccer career takes her. Um, but yeah. 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 yeah we could do a full first. episode. We could do a full episode on Christine Sinclair, mm-hmm. to be completely honest with you. Um, unbelievable. Some of the stuff I've seen her do, just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we got to move along here. Uh, so some TFC mm-hmm. talk now. So as I mentioned off the bat, the MLS offseason officially kicks off, and this morning the MLS trade window opened. So we did see some roster moves, most notably, I think, from a TFC perspective. We saw Raheem yeah. Edwards, former TFC guy, one of our very own, traded to, or should I say back to, CF Montreal. Yeah, back to. From, yeah, from the LA Galaxy for just a, a small sum of general allocation money. Uh I won't comment too much on that trade, but I, I do think that it could be a potentially smart bit of business for, I think, both teams. I think it was both time mm-hmm. for Raheem to move on from L.A. and also Montreal get, a, I would say, a good Canadian. He's not young anymore. He's probably right in his prime years, but a guy yeah, who's established himself as as a really solid left back for this in this league. So a uh, good savvy move by both parties, TFC are not yet active, which I think is not a surprise given, like, what do they have left to trade? The only thing I could think of that would really be worth something from a non-player perspective is they have Super some cap plays, which, is, mm-hmm. which is cool, yeah. They got some they also, they also got the first overall pick. Right, and I think that's something we're all going to be watching for to see exactly what. Can't wait for them to draft like some dude because they didn't scout properly. And my hope is that with Mm. Sean Rubio at the helm, that that is not the case. Yeah, that's a serious hope. Yeah, it's extraordinarily funny that I turned on my television last night to watch a TFC super draft pick kicking for the Dallas Cowboys. Like mm, that's, oh, that's never not going to be amazing. Yep. 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 He's also and, like and that was when I was with the team season. too. It's funny as heck. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dallas but, Cowboys kicker, by the way. Uh, Brandon Aubrey. Brandon Aubrey. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Aubrey. He's, but I think, I think you make one. a good point, Michael, in that like that first overall pick is the key piece that you have here. And I'm seeing people be like, like I'm seeing a discussion online of like, should they sell it? Should they? Th- no, they should not. Like mm. this team has tried transfer market and big European transfers, and it has not worked. Mm-hmm. What what works for teams? Well, the New York Red Bull were fantastic for a really long time, and they develop they develop guys like Caden Clark, right? You look at Columbus; they don't have these flashy European signings. They they draft well. They use their TAM and GAM and they make smart designated player signings. I think you have an opportunity here to get the best player in college soccer and you should be doing absolutely nothing but finding out who the best player is and then selecting Mm -hmm. that player. Correct me if I'm wrong, it's also a wider class this year. They get to choose. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. So one thing you got to be really cautious of, and I think TFC fans got to temper their expectations a little bit here. um, The first overall pick this year can be drafted from a younger class. So it's not just typically seniors and generation Adidas players that are now eligible for the draft. It's now players all the way down to, I believe, their sophomore year that could be eligible for the draft. So, yeah, you could... TFC could be really investing here in a player that, you know, might not be in a way ready 
to step into the league, but they're drafting in terms of highest potential, which I think is the route that they have to go. Um, yep. There's always, a, you know, in drafts, it's always, do you draft on highest potential? Do you draft on most ready? Do you draft on positional mm. need? For me, I think TFC got to go with the highest potential here because they got to restock the cabinet when it comes to some of their younger players. And this is a really easy, efficient way to do that. Um, and I think I also you bring up, yeah. like, he might not be ready. The reality is, is like, I would go with what you said, Michael, on highest potential. And it might not be the worst thing if that kid's not ready because the absolute last place that that kid probably needs to be is in that locker room right now. They need, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they need to clean up that mess before they inject any youth in there whatsoever because all you're going to do is wreck them if they have to kind of deal with whatever the heck is going on in there. So I don't think it would be the worst thing if. Hmm that player is not ready to step into that locker room because boy, howdy, it doesn't seem like it's a great place to be right now. Fair, that's yeah. a fair point. It's a fair yeah, point. Now that, uh, that brings me to kind of where I wanted to go next. In terms saw, of... They signed a fetus because they, that that's the potential. <laughs> <laughs> they signed a fetus. That's excellent. Two way player. <laughs> is that the timeline until the locker room gets cleaned out or that seems to be when uh, Lorenzo and, Federico's contracts will expire, but actually let's, let's get into that. So in terms of biggest off season priorities, Rach, what do you see as number one, number two? I think I'm guessing I know the answer. Um, Yeah. You need to sort out what's happening in that locker room and you need to take a blowtorch to anything that isn't, I look at it this way. You're building a team. Now we're building a club. If the name on the back of the Jersey supersedes the crest on the front you're out you're gone and if you cannot get in line and buy that john herdman needs to show them the door i don't care if you're lorenzo insigne or federico bernadeschi if you think you are more important than the club you are gone because that is how a major european team would act and if tfc wants to be taken with any level of seriousness that is how they have to conduct their business so if you don't fit with john herdman's culture Priority one, two, and three has to be, you're out, you're gone. That's it. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that ship sailed in terms of like, oh, I'm I'm Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi. I can do this, this, and that because hey, guess what? You were part of the problem that we endured in terms of <clears throat> getting this through. Endured is a very good word. The worst season in club history, one of the worst seasons in Major League Soccer history, and the only way Some you of the can worst get away soccer with that, I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah and one of the way the only yeah. way you can get away with that jeff is just because they're better than everyone else and they can you know produce results hey guess what though you got your chance it's been a year and a half you haven't produced results mm -hmm. you gotta either as late said get in line or get out the door i mean it's point. already coming out in the chat because listen we're all in agreement but how do you get rid of someone making 15 well, million you locked them. into a contract if, if you have to you have to are you that. kidding um there's an entire saudi like a, there's an entire part of the world that's paying players of this caliber to do this and why well then where are like let's get on the phone we can we can help move this along you know yeah. I, can we help I, all I, I always, here? jeff are you in <laughs> no i i'm in i'm absolutely in i i mean at this point i'm a little sad because i was gonna start a gofundme to keep victor on the books and they didn't want to listen <laughs> so so now but like listen look you know, let's uh, the elephant in the room like this is today. Lorenzo Insigne was given a Coney Medal of Valor for Italy's winning the Euro in 2020. It's a bit late, but all right. Uh, <laughs> he then spoke say. on his future. I'll finish my contract in Toronto because my family and I are fine there. The dream of the national team remains, but I accept coaches' choices. You know, Ooh. it's just like, like, okay, yay. I, I'm going to go buy eight of your shirts. Like you'll, you'll stay there because it's comfortable. That's the last thing I want to hear from the $15 million man. Like, no. I, and I don't want to talk about lost in trend. Well, maybe, you know, he was effusive in, in his original mother tongue. Maybe that's still got out there. Like, I don't, Jeff, I, we, yeah. we can't take them at their, their word anymore. We actually probably couldn't yeah. take them at the word ever. Uh, because Ever. they know how to play the media, know how to play the press. And the one thing that was really telling was Federico Bernardeschi saying uh, in his end of season presser how committed he was essentially to Toronto FC. And then that mm -hmm. video. Until he got to Torino, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lee telling a fan he would like to come back to Juventus. Like, 
we know what the deal is at this point when it comes to, uh, I'd say, the Italians and the way that they use the media, speak to the media. Um, they're well media trained when it comes to mm-hmm. telling There's, you. Uh, it's interesting that you say bench. Uh Go ahead, Rachel. Yeah. I don't want to. I was going to say, there's one Italian that's actually, I believe, truly wanted to play for this club. Do not jump and... the queue. We got a lot. We got a lot to talk about before <laughs> no, we. But get that's to what that. I'm saying. Like oh. at yeah, least, yeah. like when when you talk about Insigne and Bernadeschi, and I think Mimo's a little bit different, but I'm also not going to get into the stuff that I know about behind the scenes because mm-hmm. that's just going to get a mm-hmm. lot of people in trouble. I think if you look at it. Seba has entrenched himself here. Like he still lives here. So regardless of what he says about anything else, he clearly loves the city of Toronto and he loves the club. And I think at a minimum, the three of us can agree that the same cannot be said for any of the other Italians who have graced the presence here. But when you look at it, what needs to be done, you have an armband to give out. And I think there's a logical player that that goes to. And Mm -hmm. I think losing a guy like Richie Larea was a big mistake because that is another guy that bled for the club, that loves the club. His family's yeah. entrenched mm-hmm. here. And like you, you messed that up. And he was a guy where he never cheated you for effort. Also never cheats you for effort. You need mm-hmm. guys that are willing to do that. I don't want, I don't care if TFC isn't good next year. I care that the 11 guys that are on the pitch are giving it 100% for the crest because outside of that, it's just not going to be acceptable. Like, that's mm-hmm. got to be the bare minimum here. And if you can't do that, you aren't playing. I don't care how much money we, you aren't playing. We agree, but but I'm just trying to speak pragmatically. Like, do you think Birdman's got the cojones to bench them? Do you think the MLSE board is going to let those Ooh, players fester <laughs> on the pine? Well, listen, I mean, that's something we got to you know, watch for. Right? Most, yeah, but I mean, you know, we all agree and we've been screaming to the mountaintops that something needs to be done, but we are incredibly limited in what can be done here. And that's, I mean, that's the real issue here, right? Like, Well, if Rogers was going to pony up for Shohei Otani, Rogers partially owns MLSE. You can go pony up for somebody else. Um, or better yet, how about you pony up on a bunch of staff so that you can have an appropriate scouting department so that we avoid Jefferson Soteldo situations going forward? Yeah, I mean, this this to me is just one of the same. Like the, the recruitment of Jefferson begat this recruitment, and that and I see a definite path from one to the other. Um, the beginning of the end, so to speak. But uh, yeah, I just you know I share I share all your points. I just I see the the futility in it because for every answer there's an equal and opposite reason why it won't be done which leads to the same old same old trotting these guys out to like sit around and and pace and walk and then say it's everybody else's fault so yeah yeah you know also uh, going mm. what do you think what do you think they're actually gonna do michael like what do you think yeah i guess that's actually gonna happen here with the italians with with TFC in general, like what is the team that we are all going to be force fed? Come, <laughs> March? that's one way of putting it. Um, okay, well, well, let me just highlight a couple of key dates here, which I think might give some of the answers in terms of what I'm thinking. Uh, so the end of your wa- waivers are tomorrow, uh, beginning at 5 p.m. Eastern. The nice. MLS free agency officially opens on December 13th, so clubs can start to engage with players who are out of contract and they're eligible for, for free agency. So essentially players who are 24 years of, uh, of age and have a minimum of five service years. And then on Thursday is our everybody's favorite draft, the MLS re-entry draft uh, stage one. Uh, so mm. that is going down Thursday and then the super draft on December 19th, followed by stage two of the re-entry process on December 21st. So Love this it. window TFC are going to be incredibly busy. Uh, I think they're going to be really act, real active players in the ranchy drafts. I think that's a way that they believe that they can identify some value. Uh, so I would be wouldn't be surprised if they're fairly active there. I also mm. expect them to be kind of big players when it comes to free agency. Uh, the, I think they've learned from the point of view where you can't overpay for certain players. 
But when you look at a guy like Sean Johnson, for example, that's a stud that you got in free agency. Matt Hedges, his contract wasn't the greatest, but still a, a good player that you were able to identify in MLS free agency. They need more of MLS caliber players who, like Rach said, are just 100% bought in and they're, they have something to, to play for. You know, they're not... They're not coming over here from Europe thinking they're better than everyone else. They're playing for their next contract. So you got to mm. still fill your roster out with some of those pieces. Um, you mean someone like a Jacob like, Schaffelberg who would look great in a TFC uniform? Yeah. How do we get one of those? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, which is why I say they don't really have much trade commodity uh, left. So I, I really think they're going to fill their, their roster out with young, hungry players players who are of the age of their mid-20s i think they identified they need to fill more of those players lorenzo um, and we'll are gonna love those guys they're gonna love playing with those guys that's gonna be amazing. well i mean this is a john herman roster now too right so you have mm-hmm. to also get players who play in the three five two um and they have to do use you know the months that they had and now they're months moving forward to identify which players actually fit that mold and which players don't fit that mold. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll see exactly just how that progresses. Um, one player that we know for, for a fact won't be fitting that mold was Sebastian Javinko is Sebastian Javinko. Uh, Seba taking to Instagram yesterday or the day before to let everybody know that uh, he won't be returning to Toronto FC in 2024 and that it was not his decision. Um, he also says he still remains fully committed to the club, fully committed to Toronto FC, but is three towels uh, and saunas. It's amazing. Yeah, but it's obviously disappointed not to get at least like an invite to training camp come 2024. Um, let's talk about like I guess on a surface level of this news. Anybody surprised at all that it ended up going this route? Writing nope. was pretty nope. much on the wall, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty straightforward answer. Um, you know, I see I see a lot of discourse on on Twitter and uh, within some of the comments about Sebastian Javinko being better than you know our current striker situation. Which okay, fair, like maybe the bar is also actually, on the pool. Yeah, maybe you actually might have a yeah, guess yeah. there, but yeah, yeah, but is he better not... than Adama Diamande? Uh, potentially, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I he think plays. is that is that is that like the the flex that you think it is? Absolutely not. Yeah, like like uh, yeah, I don't think he was a solution for this team whatsoever. Is he a feel good type of player that you can brought in to make the fans somewhat happy? Yeah, and for to some extent, I'm surprised they didn't take that route. They didn't um, do it because there was a perfect time to do it. They missed the window. Now it's over. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Even if he doesn't play, just to have him on the roster, play him a couple minutes at the end of the game every or not every mm-hmm. game, but some games, right? Such a massive opportunity back back in the tail end of last season under Terry. Duncan. But fair enough. They want to move forward. And I think mm-hmm. nobody should really have an issue with that, given that Seba played a total of two games over the last two years. Um he really his return came out of nowhere out of the blue. But uh but what about Seba's, I guess, decision to go about this publicly and announce it himself? Um, I think that's kind of been Seba's move, really, over yeah, the years. Yeah, that's, that's part. And we want him back. We're, we're, we're trying to get that kind of attitude out of the club. And then people are clamoring for him to come back. I mean, this guy goes to social media before he goes to his agent. He go, like, you know, he's a loose cannon. Like, that's the last thing we need to say nothing about skills presume skills on the pitch right this was a problem that we had with him on the way out and just because he's stroking our member berries doesn't doesn't excuse the insubordination it's still insubordination right it's just cute insubordination supposed to yeah sure like it still is what it is i don't think it's the end of the world like he's a player who's not a not in contract with the team uh not doing anything malicious just saying that he's not gonna be back with tfc in 2024 I mean, yeah, I how can you say that's not malicious? He's he's trying to wrestle up his 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 pitchfork mob, you know, to get Star Trek uncancelled, basically. Like it is an appeal, but it is an appeal to the, you know, look at the way it's written. Sure. My fans, my supporters, right? Like, you know, I love Seba. <laughs> I do. I love him. And I would have loved to have seen him come back to make that excruciating end run of last season a little bit more tolerable. I was all for it. 
Um, you know, and a little bit of it was schadenfreude because I wanted some of these people on the socials to actually see what they were fighting for out there on the pitch, tripping over his own feet, trying like, is that a, you know, night myopia kicking in and not able to discern if it's a ball or if it's another player, but like, you know, that that's over now. Um, and it's a shame that this is the way it ends with, with the same kind of, you know, this team doesn't have the, the what was it the hunger for winning that i enjoyed over in italy like the same nasty barbs it's a shame um but it, it it's proven the pudding that you know at the end of the day he's got an agenda what he wants sometimes aligns with the club and that's great and we enjoy things but when they don't watch out because he's gonna go and besmirch you or put himself in create an, a narrative where he's the victim complex we're already doing that with two very expensive designated players. Like I don't, you know, if, if all that, if Seba coming back means more of that, like, bye-bye, there's a Zaza really far up North that you should go live at. So you're like real far away. Like we don't need it. We don't need it. Yeah. I think, I think we don't need it. I think from TFC's perspective, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) Time for TFC to take out a restraining order. Well, like that—that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, okay, TFC, I can appreciate them bringing him back for yet another time uh, to see if he's got anything, I guess, left in the tank. But at the same time, I mean, we kind of know what's happening there. Like, if it didn't work a year and at a year ago when you brought him back in January to training camp, him not playing for a year straight is. Yeah, year and a half straight. How is he going to be better than when he was back when you originally brought him? Spoiler um, alert: He's not sure. Different, <laughs> different manager at the helm at the time. But to be honest, TFC didn't even have a manager at the time when they brought him back. So I almost think TFC's the way that they've gone about this probably in hindsight is not the best way, and Correct. to go about it publicly in the way that they went about it, not the best way. And for all parties, it, it just ends now in a, a bitter feeling. No I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's got to be a way for TFC, I guess, to overall just commemorate Seba in a better way and, and fix this. And not necessarily fix this in terms of bringing him back as a player, but just find ways to honor his legacy because he's so important to what he means to Toronto FC. And he really is. Uh, I mean, we talk about Christine Sinclair about being the GOAT for Canadian soccer. Seba right now is the GOAT when it comes to toronto fc and and this club so there's got to be a better way to i guess honor his legacy here as as potentially his his career wraps up um i mean it does take two to tango i think it's important to mention it takes two to tango and you know to put to lay this all at the feet of tfc when we've just spent five minutes talking about his his ability and 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 uh impetus to do an end run around tfc comms and just post whatever he wants like you know, maybe the answer is the club needs to be a bit more brutal with uh, 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 how we deal with people. Maybe maybe some of our elite talent get far too comfortable here and then start thinking that they can do things that are outside the purview of at another club such as Juve because we're a bit softer and that's why it's so messy on the way out kind of thing. And I think that's yeah. the difference between Michael and Josie Seba right is mm-hmm. michael maintained the roma sort of conduct composure yeah here. yeah and i mean i would i think it was a mistake to not bring seba back last year because like you said a couple minutes at the end of the game their strikers weren't scoring anyway so it's not like he could have been worse like zero goals is not worse than zero goals so at least you have the nostalgia he gets the send off everyone's kind of happy and then i think you could kind of move him in to like an academy whatever role his children can play like i don't care at that point but i thought that the club did not do a good enough job especially when the season was super clearly lost and the striker position like instead of giving up assets like instead of giving up lucas mcnaughton who has turned out to be quite good for CJ Sapong, you could have just simply signed Seba and he probably would have gotten just the same amount of production. And then we eliminate all of this. But I'm with Michael on 
the you have to as far as i'm concerned if you look at how bmo field is constructed there are cement walls everywhere as far as i'm concerned there are four murals that need to go up on four walls and those four mm. murals belong to seba josie michael and greg because and until somebody comes along and maybe Oso ends up usurping one of them, unlikely Seba or Michael or Josie for that mm-hmm. matter, it's probably Greg. Like, you need to honor this club does not do a good job of honoring its best players. They have a bad relationship with Josie. They have a bad relationship with Seba. They now have a bad relationship with Michael. And it's like there's one common denominator in all of this, and it's the club. And mm-hmm. it's like that's You're right. I almost can't blame Seba for going about it the way he's going about it. But like, I don't like it. But at the same time, let's not pretend the club is innocent here. Like, yeah, nat- nature up. abhors a vacuum. You're right. And and they didn't even honor Greg when he came back. And I was like, that is really poor form. Like, you have got to be kidding me with that nonsense. Yeah. And, yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's like, we're not talking about like Javier Perez. We're talking about the guy that won MLS Cup that's known as the Greg father. Like, this Mavi, club, you're catching a stray. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, yeah. This club seems to mess up every single exit of a big player. And yep. the common yeah. denominator there, I, the I hate to say it, is Bill. It happened with Bez. It happened with Greg. It happened with Seba. It happened with Josie. It's now happened with Michael. If it yep. happens with Oso, that's more than a hand of people, mm-hmm. right? And and like even Richie was kind of spited by like how he left and he did everything for the club. And so I think you look at this and the club has to do something for him. I mean, we I where I live, there's a mural of Jose Bautista. Like there's got to be something here. Obviously, you don't retire numbers, um, but like you got to do something. You can't not. Mm do nothing um and for a club that wants to say oh we're a big club and we want to be big in europe and we want to be taken seriously if you look at how the clubs in europe honor their grades uh it's not like this it's Mm, not like this it's an interesting conversation because you know i still i feel that there's some truth in the fact that the way the organization works the way that the league is set up in the way that, you know, I heard it with the Danny Cooverman's interview that, that uh, Johan did uh, right after he interviewed me on his podcast, you know, the, the disconnect because everybody's making different money and everybody's, you know, it's not the whole idea of a team is sort of sacrosanct to this idea that everybody else knows what everybody's making. And there's different tiers of classes and different levels of players and et cetera, et cetera. And, I do think that there's an opportunity for people to get too big for their britches and the club, their response to that is what's at fault, you know, whether, whether it needs to be a heavier hand uh, to, to close up shop with respect to insubordination and leaks to social media. I I don't have the answer, but, but it is an interesting thing that keeps happening. There's a balance. There's a case by case basis. I mean, it's not like one perfect formula, um, but it is definitely become a trend and something I think, needs to be ironed out here um but with mm. that jeff let's let's get in let's continue the seven chat let's slowly here as you get mm-hmm. it ready get into our burning question presented by next door the burning question presented by next door next door is the official community app of toronto fc it is also where you connect with the people and local businesses in your neighborhood. We've been posting the burning question each week on Nextdoor's TFC fan group, plus uploading extended show clips. So join today by downloading the app or going to nextdoor.ca. Nextdoor, where neighbors give and get help. Um, we will get into the holiday treat a little shortly. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We have a surprise for, for our viewers, our listeners. Um, but before we do that, this week's 
burning question presented. Before we do that, how did that was, feel? Was that your first uh, cold read of the next door? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, no, no. We but but we change it up. We try and keep it fresh. So yeah, it's not yeah. always the same. I haven't so. done one yet. No one will let me do one yet because you both think it's going to be a disaster. But I yeah, am, totally, I, uh, totally coincidence there, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Totally a coincidence. Um, burning question I like is: Do I do one before Jeff does? <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> There's a good chance. Dangling that. that carrot. Yeah, there's a good chance Bill Manning comes on our podcast and does a read before uh, before Jeffrey P. Nasker gets in here. Um, so burning question presented by Nextdoor Canada. Do you think this is the last we hear of any potential Seba TFC reunion? Uh, just Santo from the Nextdoor Canada group saying, uh, who, no, we'll hear about him till at least May. Then it will be either him in or riding out into the sunset. Hopefully he's in. I su- suspect, like everyone else, there is a upper management versus Sebastian Javinko issue. See the thing, the the latter part of that. I don't, I don't buy into that too much. The latter upper management versus Seba issue, um, mm. simply because he was invited back once again, right? If the, the mm-hmm. upper management is still the same upper management, now yeah. have there been, you know, maybe coach versus player issue. Yeah, you know, maybe there was something like that, right? But I, I don't necessarily buy into the fact that uh, Bill Manning and Sebastian Javanko's relationship is is terrible. Um, I don't think that is the case, or else I just feel like he wouldn't have been back altogether. Exactly. Now, is it is it the best? I, I don't think I can say it's the best, but is it the worst? No. So I, I don't necessarily buy into that too much. Um, just looking through like a couple of other answers on our on our Twitter page, Corey Brady oh, so many. saying. Until Seppa officially retires, we'll have to deal with these things. He's right. Um, yeah, seriously. Um, TFC NU saying, if he wants to help with the Academy, wonderful. His playing career is done. Let it die. Dang. Tell us, uh, tell us how you really feel. But, I mean, he raises a good point, right? Is Seba one day going to play a role in the Academy? Or do you guys think that maybe Seba's too good for that i think it depends um i think it depends on if his sons play in the academy like i michael was always involved in the academy and then obviously when luca started playing for the academy like he became more involved got his coaching certs like everything like that and i think i gotta be honest with you um i would have done everything imaginable if i was bill manning to keep Michael and Victor Vasquez um, for the Academy because the things that those two did for the Academy that I saw with my own eyeballs, like away from the cameras, away from everything cannot be understated. Like they, they, they're the only ones like, and Josie did it too when he was there to a lesser degree. And so to lose those players, from that perspective is huge. And I think when you look at it, Seba, I believe is already involved with an Academy. I want to say it's Juve. Juventus. Juve. Yeah. Um, he does. Yeah. So I, I'm not even sure that there's a spot for him, but I, I do think that if his sons were to start playing in the TFC Academy, that we could potentially see um, some positive sort of involvement there. But oh. I think it's a huge lost opportunity. Speaking of the Academy to lose out on both Michael and Victor. Um, that yeah. to me is is the error there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, forget about Seba to the academy. Drop, drive a bag of money back to Barcelona and get Victor Vasquez on the next plane over here. <laughs> no, I mean, should, honestly, if he was the technical director, I wouldn't be upset. Like, I if they named the building after him, I would be there for the <laughs> ceremony. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. you know what? Victor Vasquez did once tell me that one day maybe he could be the coach of Toronto FC. Um, so. Maybe there is some aspirations. Jeffrey there, just but... cried inside. Yeah, I just it. I just peed a little. Yeah, yeah. This is bad. Yeah. So, but in, uh... in terms of Seba, like I think he's done on the pitch, um, mm-hmm. and like this, it, it's got to be like this has to be ridiculous. Um, but I think off the pitch, this is not done. They owe him, like the the club owes him, because yeah. of how the signing and everything went down. Like, just everything in the past couple of years, mm. there's not been a proper send-off for any of the four of them. And that is yep. horrendous. 
Now they could do a big like Bill Manning brought like all the Argos back from like some championship team brought them all in the field. There was like a great ovation. I just happened to be there because I was I really didn't have anything else to do on that particular evening. So I was like, oh, why not? I'll go. If TFC, if Bill Manning says, oh, we're doing a reunion and Greg's invited and Josie and Seba and Michael, I think you you can do a lot there. Um, well, I'm but- I'm going to do a lot. I'm going to lock the doors to the stadium so that they can never leave again once they're in there. <laughs> that's it. That's it. We will drive them McDonald's to keep them alive every couple of days. But that's it. Like they're never leaving again. We'll yeah. get them. Cable. I think on the pitch we've heard the last, but I I think off the pitch there's got to be something done. And it even goes back to like Michael. You've been in the training academy. You've seen it. Um, whenever a player is traded or like leaves the club, they rip all the pictures down. And it's like, why? Why? The, like those pictures with MLS Cup should remain on the wall so that. Oh, no, that's, uh, that's such a foul. What? What? Why? <laughs> the second Seba and Josie left, those murals came down. I happened to be there recently. All, Michael Bradley's pictures are down. That is a foul. That's and, like the apartment of a jilted lover. That's not a soccer club. Yeah. Like, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Do they do it like immediately, like just with extreme prejudice? Like, I hate that guy. Like, Pretty much. what? <laughs> that, oh my, that is, I was given that is not a given one of the fact. photos of Seba the day after. Like, yeah. the day after I got one of the photos. And so I think when you talk about like welcoming them back to the club, until that club is ready to like even have photos on the wall of its greats, I think we're probably pretty far away because as far as I'm concerned, like I know when I'm at the Allianz Arena in Munich, I walk I walk through the halls and you see everyone from Oliver Kahn, Stadio Carl Deluge, Munich, like, like, like it's like fourth hundred feet of every player that ever that ever had a cup of coffee at Benfica, like right. Honor. And and you're trying yeah. to establish this culture in Toronto FC, get this culture, this winning culture back. They should have to look at those photos every day and That's be like, the worst "That's thing what I've we're ever striving." Heard. That's that's one of the worst things I've ever heard. That's going to be hard to come back from. Like that's, I mean, think of the uh, 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 what's the the um, the stadium in Brazil, the the Maracana, where yeah. uh, where you know you're inundated with team pictures from the from the 18th century. You know what I mean? Just like like no no, you we're not building. Remember when why we won? We had those parts in the trophy case that everybody had to walk by and see the empty those are still there so we have empty shelves and no pictures like what is this this is like a divorced dad's condo like this is a sad like 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 stouffer's hungry man dinners kind of this is a sad this is millhouse's dad's house like this is i don't mind cool I will say this. I don't mind if you take down like Crescido's photos or like if you haven't won or had success with the club, your photos can go elsewhere. When you're taking down a mural of the MLS Cup winning team because those players left, like what are we doing here? I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't have an answer (laughs) for that. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Let's uh yeah, let's 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 spice it up though. Let's let's get this this these vibes back. Let's do mm. our uh, little holiday treat that we had for our listeners, for our viewers. Um, go just to sum it up is that the last we hear of Sebastian Javinko as a player at Toronto FC. I mean, he's not technically retired yet, so I mean, mm. I thought the last time would have been the last time, but you never know. Let's uh, let's keep an ear out for Seville. Let's see what's next. Maybe maybe it is retirement officially. Um, paddle ball. Certainly seems... I, hear, I hear paddle ball and espressos. That's that's my guess. Oh, he's he's definitely going. He's definitely going. Um, so now, like I said, we have a holiday treat for you. Our friends at Nextdoor, once again, they are playing TFC Santa this year by oh, providing Toronto Till I Die with what we've dubbed this whole season as the Vibes Kit or officially the Energy Kit. So this week we'll be running a contest to give away the kit to one lucky listener. Now, all you need to do, it's really simple. And I'm sure most people listening live to this have done this already. You just need to subscribe to the TTID YouTube channel and join the Toronto FC fans group on Nextdoor for a chance to win. So a winner will be randomly drawn and we'll announce the winner on next week's year-end show. Sound good? 
Sound like a Damn, plan? I wanted great. that. Now I was on the show today, so I can't even enter the contest. Oh, no, no, nope. no, no. You're nope. eligible. You're eligible. Oh, I'm putting myself yeah, yeah. What do you mean? I'm eligible, too. <laughs> I already have one. No, just I kidding. already have one, and I love it. Uh, excuse it's me. fantastic. Mm. What? Yeah, I have one. Do you have a plan on the back? Shafted, Michael. The Richmond Hill no, kids no, they shafted. won't. They will not give me Quayo on the back. I want Quayo on the back so badly, but I cannot source the yellow letters anywhere. Uh, yeah, that seems like yeah. a uh, a goal. So, <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, we'll we'll be giving out a energy kit mm. next week's show. So subscribe yeah. to the YouTube channel. Yeah, and, Ser- uh, but, but actually, they're scratching dent uh, uh, insignia jerseys and a few Bernadeskis. We've got a whole bunch to give away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually don't know if there's going to be a name on the back of this one. Uh, stay tuned for that. There, there might be, there mm. might not be. Uh, regardless, it you better guys, not be. lucky, lucky viewers, lucky listeners will end up one jersey happier this holiday season. So stay mm-hmm. tuned for that. On that note, thank you everyone for tuning in to another Toronto to Light Die episode. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Holiday Jeff is in full spirit over here. Um, what is just going a quick on? programming reminder next week. It will be our year end show, uh, end of year show previewing the 2024 MLS Super Draft where TFC has the number one overall pick. We'll also finally. Finally, I'm surprised this hasn't Don't happened say- yet. But we'll finally finish our over. Yeah. Oh my god. We're not gonna finish? It's been a while. Yeah, we're totally gonna do it. Okay, we're Absolutely. gonna finish we over unders and provide mm. our key TFC moments for 2023. Spoiler: there was not too mm. many. Um, are are also, they the bad moments or? <laughs> I want it to be a good vibe show, so let's let's try and yeah, keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going through vibes. It's the end of yeah, year. Positive vibe. Um, but also remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel and join the Next Door Toronto FC fans group for your chance to win that energy kit. On behalf of Jeffrey Pinesker, our special guest, Rachel Dory, I am Michael Singh, and we will see you next week for that end of year special. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die. Thank <laughs> you.